This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios. National mortgage lender Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Credit where it's due to the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles. I don't know what it is about Nick Foles. At the end of the season, the last two years, he just gets that team to play more focused. He gets that team to mind their P's and Q's. He just raises their level. You played a good football team. You played a good offense. They can score with the best of them. They can put the boots to a lot of football teams out there. You went back out to L.A. You got yourself a win. You're 7-7. Seven and seven, You're still alive. And I heard all these takes earlier this week. I, I struggle with trying to figure out what exactly an Eagle fan is supposed to do or what the Eagles are supposed to do in this case. I know that Carson Wentz is a little bit fragile. We told you that coming out of the draft. We told each other that when he was coming out of the draft. Yeah, he's been banged up a whole bunch. He hasn't played in a whole lot of games. If you take this guy, this is one of the things you're going to have to worry about. You knew Carson Wentz was a little bit fragile. They still won a Super Bowl. So when I look at this and I think that – and I hear – and I'm not try, I'm not going to name names. I hear people telling you that you need to be freaking out over this. Why? Why should you be freaking out over this? Now, Nick Foles – isn't ever a long-term answer. At least I don't think he's a long-term answer, and the Eagles don't seem to think so either. And Carson Wentz, maybe you just need to deal with something like that. Because for a lot of different things of, well, he's a little bit injury-prone or a lot injury-prone, and now you have to deal with him being injury-prone. I understand that he's injury-prone. you got to tell me something I need to do. Because we're not doctors. In injuries, you just can't help. There's guys who who are strong as horses in every single year. Guys go down. And there is a quarterback every single year that seems to go down with a big-time injury that ends this season. Big-time, big-name QBs with serious injuries, no matter how much we protect them. For the most part this year, guys have been, well, other than the horrible injury that happened to Alex Smith, for the most part this year, it hasn't been like it has been in years past where three or four guys went down like it did a couple years ago. We have had one serious injury with Alex Smith, which was horrible. We've had this go on with Carson Wentz. For the most part, guys have been healthy, and we've been protecting him more than we ever have, and guys still get hurt. We had the big controversy at the beginning of the season with Clay Matthews and what how, what actually is roughing, what's a tackle, how can you tackle a quarterback. People have adhered to those rules. We've moved past that rule. And now you have relatively safe quarterback play, even though guys get hurt. And so when you're telling me Carson Wentz is, and we're telling you, it's really not you're telling me, when we're telling you that Carson Wentz is fragile, you got to be sitting there in your car going, yeah, tell me something I don't know. The only thing I can tell you that you already know already is that anytime there's something bad that happens, you can only freak out about it for so long. 
And I think Eagles fans, it's it's been two years. You had the long injury, the long wait over the offseason last year. You still won a Super Bowl. That certainly helps, and they'll never be able to take that away from you. And then you come into this year where it's been a disappointment this year. You're 7-7. Seven and seven. People thought you'd be gangbusters. And with the way that the first week of the season started out on that Thursday night, we thought you'd be gangbusters. We thought it'd be fantastic. And you would run away with the NFC East that seemed relatively weak. And it hasn't gone your way. But I think you're ready for this situation because when something traumatic happens, our first reaction for the most part is to freak out. Some of us are a little bit more prepared than others. And with Nick Foles, who's a reasonable quarterback as a backup, you're a little bit more prepared than others. But most people want to freak out in these situations. You can only freak out for so long before you go, yep, this is the best of a bad situation that we have to make now. The newness of a divorce can only last for so long. Bankruptcy and the sadness of that and losing a job can only last for so long before you need to get your ass in gear. We do this every single day as Americans. So for football teams, when you're telling me over and over and over again that Carson Wentz is is injury prone, we knew this. And so when you see the Eagles, they've tried to prepare for that, a la Nick Foles. And for Eagles fans... You still feel a little bit confident. You still feel hopeful that this team can go to the postseason. And then going into next year, okay, we'll see what Carson Wentz is. Because I can't make any other argument for you other than this is what life is. We're going to have to deal with it. I could try to give you an argument that you shouldn't have drafted Carson Wentz. And then you can call me an idiot for the rest of my life because you have a Super Bowl. And you wouldn't have gotten to a Super Bowl if it weren't for the help that Carson Wentz was able to provide. 855-212-4CBS. For the Rams on the other side, I think the Rams are going to be fine. I think that this is typical end-of-the-season type of weirdness that happens. You start to get a little bit figured out. You don't play with an edge because you're ahead. You still have not had that edge before. You need to tune up over the final two weeks of the season. However, you want to get ready for the postseason, and already you'll start to hear the calls and start to hear the questions about whether or not to play guys at the end of the year. Sean McVay's been different. He's looked like a genius before. He can't be anointed just yet. You've done a great job on the offensive side. You still got to get the offense going and get their whole team going and get ready for the postseason. Because while I kind of brush it to the side and poo-poo it, obviously we're going to have a referendum on this coming up here in a few weeks. So for Sean McVay, right now it's the end of the season. You're trying to keep guys around. I know it's a Sunday night game. And there's going to be a lot of people who have a lot of hot takes about the Rams and what they're doing this year. And you're going to hear Sean McVay still hasn't hasn't been crowned anything. He shouldn't be anointed anything. He shouldn't be given any sort of a really big award because he hasn't done anything for that football team. You're going to hear that tomorrow. They're still tremendous. They're still high power. I know Goff's thrown a couple of picks. I think this is usual end-of-the-season type stuff. I really do believe they're going to be fine. That front four is still strong. The secondary could always use some work. It has not been to the type of standard that they want, with the exception of a couple of guys coming back. It's still not to the to the type of standard that they want. You still got to work on some of those things. Those type of things need time. It needs time to gel. The other game that I paid the closest attention to today, and I think America did, it was a classic matchup. And it was part of our history that plays into it. I mentioned this a couple of months ago. When I watch New England win at home, and they're still very good at home, obviously. When I watch New England win at home against Kansas City, I was relieved I was pulling for New England. Because as a guy right now who has a third kid on the way, a mortgage, 
a job where I'm the only one who works, two cars, the student loans, the whole thing. I'm in the same boat as a lot of guys and a lot of people in America. A lot of women in America, too, might be the only person who's working at the house as well. And so when you do this, not just this, but live life, you start to become accustomed to things. There's that old nomenclature and that old saying about you becoming your father, you becoming your parents, and why you want to avoid that. And then you realize if you had any sort of decent upbringing whatsoever, you can't help but become your parents. You have responsibilities, just like what we pointed out there. You have people who who depend on you. That's why when you first get a car and you start driving around like an a-hole all over the place because you don't care whether or not you live or die, there's people who get really mad at you because they have kids that they have to raise. And your parents get really mad at you because they don't want you to die. That's why your parents, they used to drive like a-holes. They used to do crazy, stupid, reckless things when they were kids. And then as they got older and they had more responsibilities and had people who, you know, who, who based their entire lives and lived their entire lives based on what they did, then they start to dial it back because the realism starts to play, play with that as well. And then there comes a time where you feel like you have understood it. You've been here, you've seen life, you've been through it all, you went through your adolescence, you went through either going to work or going to the army or, or, or going to college, and you've met other people from different backgrounds. You've become, you've become a person who has seen culture and has seen other cultures. And so over that time, then you reach your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, and you start to become more and more comfortable with who you are. And watching the Patriots just two months ago against the Kansas City Chiefs, I felt that same way because when you watch sports, you want to think you're understanding it. And so over the last 10 years, and you've noticed this as well, you might not have have outwardly said it, you've noticed it as well, that you've seen pro-style offense, the whole quote-unquote defense wins championships. Yeah, in the postseason you need to pack a defense, but it's a quarterback who's going to get you there, and it's a quarterback who you have to ride with, and you can't do anything until you have a guy playing that position, taking over to the next level. You know you can't do any of it. We've come to learn that over this time. And there's no better example of that than what New England's done. But when we see Kansas City, that's a scary scenario. We talked about Patrick Mahomes during the draft process. We didn't talk about Tom Brady. And still Tom Brady is 6'4", statuesque, drop back, don't run, throw the ball down the field. It's a, it's He's a Johnny Unitas in 2018. That's who he is. So he's still comfortable. He's still classic. Cut from the same mold as Joe Montana and Peyton Manning and Dan Marino and some of the greats of, of the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s. Patrick Mahomes, he's different. He's 6'5". His father was a professional baseball player. He can get out there and gallop. He can run. He's throwing no-look passes out there. You can't really take care of him the way that you wanted to. With a lot of other defenses, you got to keep honest with him. you got to keep a little bit of a spy. He can get out there and scoot a little bit if he wants to, and then he can throw with his left hand or his right hand, and then there's the RPOs that get thrown into there, and then the offense that Andy Reid's able to run with him and Eric Bieniemy's able to run with him where you can spread things out. It's disturbing to guys in my generation. We get so nervous about that because once you think you know, then the league changes. But I watched this game today. I see the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you were on the verge of an implosion. You have so much talent. I just don't know if you got the guts to get to a Super Bowl this year. 
Ben Roethlisberger, everybody in the stadium, including Tony Romo, and he told the people in America, hey, they're sending five. They're coming, Ben. Tony Romo said that to you on that broadcast today. Still threw one of those dumb Big Ben passes. That for any Steelers fan out there, unless you are the most ardent Big Ben supporter, you sit there and go, if it was any other quarterback, my God. This is a guy who gets by on talent alone. He still does the same stupid crap that he could have done as a rookie. He's 15 years into it. He ain't going to learn it. This is what this is. You have one team that gets by on talent alone. They can't seem to like each other whatsoever. They can't stand the sight of each other. They always want to pick apart and go after each other and and say nasty things, whether it be directly or passive-aggressively. They really are the guns and roses of the NFL. So talented, but still they might get in their own way. In New England, it's no longer the Patriot way. It's the Tom Brady way. And Robert Kraft made that abundantly clear a couple of years ago when he wouldn't let Bill Belichick make that decision and keep Jimmy Garoppolo on that roster. And now it all falls on Tom Brady. And while we watch that game, we see that where, hey, two of the biggest quarterbacks of this generation, both Hall of Famers, both have been successful, wildly successful football teams. They showed them through the 70s with the Steelers and the 2000s with the the Steelers and the Patriots as well. They showed both of them. But I watched that game, and I can't be the only one who saw two teams that aren't going to the Super Bowl this year. Sloppy, infighting on one side, sloppy on the other side, too many penalties on one side, and one side that has a quarterback where he has absolutely so much on his shoulders and it's starting to weigh on him heavily at 40-plus years old. Kansas City, different level. And yeah, I know they lost at home, and boy, did that seem like a January in Kansas City, except they did lose to the Chargers, who are a very complete football team. Houston, still a complete football team, offensively, defensively. Deshaun Watson's able to stir the drink, and J.J. Watt takes care of it on the defensive side. The same thing from what we can look at when it comes to the Chargers, what their secondary does, what their pass rush can do. Phillip Rivers, still at the top of his game at 30-something years old, still able to get that job done. And you watch the Patriots, it's one guy and sloppy football and turnovers and penalties. On the other side with Pittsburgh, more penalties, infighting, garbage talk, and not really wanting to be there at times from what it seems, and getting over on your own talent. It's still a harken back. It'll get ratings. People will still like it. People will still talk about it. It's for the same reason why guys my age still want to play Nintendo, why guys my age still want to go back and watch Space Jam. We're nostalgic for it, just like anybody else. 855-2124-CBS. But when we know what the future is, it either, ain't either one of those two teams. Coming up next, more of your calls. And Joe Flacco, even though he wasn't on the field, he wins again. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Sounding off, coming up in less than 20 minutes, also an 18 playoff. It seems like a slam dunk. I think some of you have to make a strong choice between paying players and actually getting your 18 playoff, though. Also, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by GEICO. You could save money by switching to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Joe Flacco wins again. As we get set to end this season, 
Jason Lockenfora, Jay Glazer, a couple of people reporting earlier this morning that Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens could be coming to a separation at the end of the year, that Lamar Jackson is the future of the franchise. And so many Ravens fans might be saying, hallelujah, thank God, except as you look at what some of the other teams are doing around the league, it could be just another way for Joe Flacco to win. Because if this season comes down to what it's going to come down to into the 2019 draft, Dwayne Haskins has a big arm. Looks like a good raw talent. Justin Herbert, same thing, if he decides to come out. After that, mm, Drew Locke, Ryan Finley. So if we're truly coast-to-coast, let me ask you this. Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, the New York Giants, Washington, Denver, if they have the space by now, Miami, if you can't draft high enough to take one of those guys or you can't trade up to take one of those guys, would you like to take one of those guys? Or, because it is such a weak draft class, could it possibly be Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, who's made a Super Bowl run before, who's won a Super Bowl before, great Big, strong Joe Flacco, six foot six, has played at a high level, has been a pro bowler in the past because you got coaches there who are trying to already start something good with their jobs. You have general managers who are already trying to win. We've talked about it with Ryan Pace. You don't have a lot of time, so you're either trading up and going for the gusto if you think that Dwayne Haskins is that type of guy, if Justin Herbert is that type of guy, if he decides to come out. Or would you like a nice Joe Flacco? It's a simple question, Jacksonville. Your defense talked a bunch of trash after you, you won a playoff game last year. You won a couple of playoff games last year, and they thought you were going to be great this year. But then Blake Bortles was Blake Bortles, and now you got yourself a nice Cody Kessler. And Cody Kessler is basically the equivalent of a dead-end job. You thought you had any sort of hope, and then you realize really quickly, this thing ain't going anywhere anytime soon. So if you can't get that high pick, or if you can't use it on that other one, do you like a nice Joe Flacco, Jacksonville? Does Tom Coughlin like a nice Joe Flacco with the type of defense that they have and the players that they have on their team? Would they rather develop a young quarterback and see where it goes? Because maybe it will go somewhere. We see young guys make the playoffs. Or would you like a nice Joe Flacco? Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston, isn't getting the job done for you? A little bit too crazy, just the juice isn't worth the squeeze? Maybe you'd like a nice Joe Flacco. Hey, Hugh Jackson, maybe take it over the Cincinnati Bengals. In the division, you've coached Joe Flacco before. Andy Dalton, or maybe a nice Joe Flacco. 855-212-4CBS. Back to the phones. George in Los Angeles. You're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Ken, Carmen, what's going on, brother? Hello, you know, George. And for the first time, I must admit, Jared Goff, there's something off about him. Right before the half, he missed the wide open. Every guy the tight end for a touchdown. In the game, he never gave the guy a chance to catch the ball. There's something off of him, Ken. I want to watch. I want to watch the games again, and I want to pay attention to what Dan Orlovsky says about it. Which I think I know he's an ESPN guy now. I think he's one of the very best in the business when it comes down to breaking down quarterbacks. Because it's been a couple of games. How many times has he turned the ball over now? The last couple of games, like seven times. Yes, and he did it again today when he didn't need to. It was a stupid play. I don't know if he's lost his confidence or what's going on with him. 
and they're scheming the Rams better. So McVay has to do more than just scheme. Golf has to either learn. The only silver lining is he's still young, so he could probably learn still. It, it will be a bit of a problem, and this is one of the questions that they have to have here, George, because his defense has come around, and thank you very much for the call. He's got to be able to process this. I want to get to John in Maryland quickly, but he's got to be able to process it because now as defenses get to see you and you have that final 15 seconds off, he has to have recognition. So many times people have been saying that, that Sean McVay is the guy who's running things basically through Jared Goff. Well, Jared Goff has to be able to recognize different coverages. Because if they're playing the box or they're playing on a different type of a man defense and he can't recognize that still, you're going to have serious problems after the snap. And over the last couple of games, they've had serious problems after the snap. I still want to say that this is end of the season, you're not as sharp. I don't think they're as sharp. I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. But you've turned the ball over a whole lot. It's going to cause people to make some questions out of you. Let me get to John in Maryland. John, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, hey John. it's worth waiting for, Ken. You, you give me a whole lot of food for thought. I, I'm a thinking man's football fan. You know what I'm Thank saying? you, John. I appreciate <laughs> it. Go ahead, you know friend. What? What's on your mind? Uh, I'm a Flacco fan from way back, and uh, uh... you know you were rattling off the teams, but you stopped short of uh, Washington. I, I, th- I say with Washington, let's give Josh Johnson a chance. You know what I mean? We're whoa, 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 whoa. For the future? Well, I mean, I think he should stay on the squad. Oh, that's okay. That's that's fine. I'm so I'm sorry. I love Joe Flacco. I just hate to see Joe leave the Ravens, man. I got nothing against Josh Johnson there, buddy. Nothing. Don't don't get me wrong, but he he's been on twelve teams, John. So yes, yes. if you're at seven and seven, who do you guys have left on your schedule over there, John? You have the Titans okay. coming up. You're yeah. You're at you're at Nashville. You're at Tennessee, and then you finish yeah. up against the Eagles. So say you finish eight and eight. After this type of year, maybe you squeeze out another win. That'd be fun. If we're lucky, if we're lucky. Yeah, you're middle of the road right there. Right, right. Would can I interest you? Because you're not going to draft high enough, and do I don't know if you want to make those trades. Yeah. Can I interest you in a nice Joe Flacco? <laughs> well, if, if he leaves the Ravens, we want to keep him in the area, man. Yeah. How how far is it? I know traffic in the Beltway can be a real bastard. How far <laughs> away do you think he lives bastard. away? <laughs> do, you, do you think he has to move? Does Joe Flacco have to move? I'm not sure, you know, how close he lives to the city, but he, he could easily come over and train with our people in Virginia. You know, you, know, you see that? You see how well that works out there? I'm just pointing out maybe you want to use that. You're talking about Big Ben. Big Ben is tired. Joe still has the power. Well, Joe Flacco is still – he's only 33. He still has – yeah. well, he's been injured a bit. He still has three, four yeah. years of good football. Well, damn, I don't even know if I can say good football. He still has three, four years of football left. Right. But it's still the point, John. I mean, I think Dwayne Haskins is pretty good. you got to develop him. you got to give him some time. I think Justin <laughs> Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's more ready. Uh, but I don't think you're going to trade up for either one of those guys. So it could be a I nice Joe Flacco. i for you, Ken. What? May I? Yeah. Robert Griffin, are, they, are, are the Ravens going to hold on to him one more season? I know, that's a tough one. It is the same type of... John, thank you. I got I got to run. I thank you for yeah, the call. I Let me, I'll answer it off air. It's the same... Or, excuse me, off the phone. It's the same type of offense, except, man, he doesn't have anywhere near the athleticism of Lamar Jackson anymore. So I guess it's the same type of backup, but Lamar is just such an athlete... 
I don't know how you can replicate that. I'd still say yeah. Well, I mean, what's the point? Why not? If Lamar's your starter going into next year, yeah. I have no problem with Bob Griffin being the backup there. One of the backups. 855-2124-CBS. Yeah, don't need to overthink that. Coming up here in a little bit, the 18 playoff. Seems like a good idea at first. Just hear me out. Because there's a couple of things you just need to worry about before you go to eight teams, before everybody just goes nuts. But, sounding off, coming up next on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. What did the coaches have to say after today's NFL action? It's time for sounding off. Hick, Brian, hit it, baby. All right, so the game we've been talking about the most so far was obviously the marquee matchup of the day, Steelers and Patriots, as Pittsburgh comes out on top 17-10. to Jalen Samuels filled in well for James Conner, rushing for 142 yards, but the story of the game was defense, especially by the Steelers, as they limited the pass to just one touchdown on offense. And after the game, Big Ben talked about this was a make-or-break game for the Steelers. We were, uh, I don't say the crossroad, but there was, you know, sink or swim, whatever you want to call me. There's, there's some decisions need to be made, some guys... Um, you know, we all need, are we going to step up and play? Are we going to come together as a team? Uh, are we going to um, kind of divide each other? What's going to happen? Who knows? And um, this is going to be a great challenge for us uh, at home against, like I said, a team that is always one of the best. And so I thought guys answered the bell today. Did he try to use like three idioms in one sentence? He probably would have came up with more if he had some on the top is of Is that head. what he tried? That's what he tried to do, didn't he? What was it? It was... The first one, what he said. What was the first one I missed? It was sink or swim, make or break. What was the first one? Like the train on the tracks or something like that? What did he try to do to get through that? I hope he can. Hey, I hope their play against the Saints can cut the mustard next week. They're at the crosswords. uh, Crossroads. Uh, They're at the crossroads. That's it. The train tracks. Yeah, they're at a crossroads. Boy, oh boy. He's going to go in there with a chip on his shoulder. You don't want to not nearly make the playoffs because it'll be close but no cigar. Hickey. Hickey. Yes. You know, this is where all that work in the dog days of summer pay off, Ben. He Hopefully he'll make the playoffs because then he'll be playing for all the marbles. There it is. There it is. Hey, I guess great minds think alike, huh? I don't say the crossroad, but there was, you know... Better hold your horses on all that Super Bowl talk now. Better, better, you'll be head over heels if you don't hold your horses on all the Super Bowl talk. I guess he just hit the nail on the head, eh? Sink or swim. No knee-jerk reactions like Rocky Blyer last week saying that Mike Tomlin needs to get fired. But, hey, no one needs to say that after a loss. I guess we'll just let sleeping dogs lie. If they make the playoffs, anything can happen because in football, it's just one game. (laughs) I mean, that was a big pile of nothing. That's not your fault, Ryan. I'm not blaming you, and I'm certainly not blaming you over there. I'm just pointing it out. What, What a, I mean, what a colossal load of crap. And for that football team, I pointed out, 
you got a team that wants to bl- wants to blame each other. The only thing you can get from that is that if they would have lost, the only good thing about them winning is that Ben Roethlisberger didn't have to blame somebody else because that interception he threw was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Because then again, Ben Roethlisberger will do that two, three, four times a game, even where I'm sure even the most ardent Steelers fan, the most be- biggest ardent, most ardent Steelers Ben Roethlisberger supporter will even say. That was the dumbest thing I ever saw him do in my entire life. And if it was any other quarterback, they could get it done. You're at the point there where you have you have Antonio Brown. You have good other wide receivers. You have a good offensive line. You get Now, I know that you got a guy hurt, but you've got good guys on defense there. If you don't make a run with this like you haven't over the last couple of years, it's a waste of what talent that you have. And I can only point to number seven. I know that you want to point so much to Mike Tomlin, but it's the guys on the field, and ultimately it's the quarterback who leads it. And every single week you could look to a move and go, man, if that was another guy, if that was another quarterback, he just wouldn't have done something that dumb. Next. So we'll move from one team with turmoil to another as the Vikings Please. fired their offensive coordinator, John Filippo, this week and promoted uh. quarterback coach Kevin Stefanski. Well, of course, in Stefanski's first game as calling plays, the Vikings scored a season-high 41 points against the Dolphins. And a lot of the players after the game interestingly credit Stefanski for kind of keeping the Dolphins on their toes and, not, and have them guessing whether a run or pass was coming. And after the game, Mike Zimmer talked about the job Stefanski did today. No, I thought he did well. Um, you know, he was very calm. Um, never got panicked at all during the, during the day. Um, you know, I think there was times when, uh, you know, he said something like, I need to get back on schedule or something like that, but it wasn't really anything uh, chaotic. Uh, I thought the other coaches helped him a lot today, uh, but um, I thought he did a good job. I think that this is normal of something that uh, when you get a guy who's able to run the ball and you're able to beat the brakes off a team that you just got done playing, I, I don't think that this is anything different from what we've seen in the past of that different type of relationship with Mike Zimmer with different offensive coordinators. I still go back to what John Filippo was doing. I had heard some rumblings, and I had asked a couple of people about this. I had heard some rumblings that maybe he was thinking about some offensive coordinator jo- or some head coaching jobs from being an offensive coordinator. I can't confirm that. Certainly can't deny it on any end. But from what you're seeing here, Kevin Stavansky is a guy who's been thought of as a head coach by some of the other teams. He's 36. You know that it's trending. More on that coming up at 1.20 a.m. Eastern. But with what Mike Zimmer's saying is that he's just relieved that they actually did what he wanted them to do on offense and they won the football game. It makes me question just a little bit Mike Zimmer's tactics of it because he's very open. He seems overly honest, and I am a big fan and big supporter of Mike Zimmer. But when things aren't necessarily going your way and you do make that type of thing public, it has a tendency to backfire. Now the team responded this time around. We'll see if they continue to do so because they've kept themselves alive. Next. We'll go to the one of the most obscure games of the weekend as the Jaguars lost the Redskins 16-13 on a walk-off field goal. Now I know many people are rolling their eyes and say, who cares? But this was the ninth loss in 10 games for the Jaguars. Yes, it is. really puts Doug Marone on the hot seat, would you say? I would, I would think so, right? Okay. Well, one of the most outspoken players on the team, Jalen Ramsey, obviously, obviously had to comment on it. But I thought it was interesting because both <laughs> him and Telvin Smith were asked basically the same question about Marone's job security, and each of them had different answers. Man, I'm worried about everybody here. Uh, and, and that's a problem that you got to be. You can't, you, and that's what I said before the game. Today I dedicated my game to church. Um, you don't never want to start a season with somebody that end up losing because um, at the end of the day, 
you was a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's his job to go out and do whatever, but but when people, you know, that's family. So if you start a journey with everybody, you finish it together, it didn't work out that way. Are you worried about So hold on. The first one was Telvin Smith. The next one was Jalen Ramsey. Yes, I'm sorry. I should have clarified that. Okay, the first one was Telvin Smith. Well, that's easy. Telvin Smith's a linebacker. He's been with the organization for longer. Jalen Ramsey can be a goofball. I've defended Jalen Ramsey talking just for the simple fact it's I'm entertained by it. And I can comment on it. When Jalen Ramsey says he doesn't care about anybody of himself, Jalen Ramsey, yeah, he shows his ass a little bit. But I defend that because I find it to be funny. And it isn't my favorite team. And I think that it's a little bit silly at times where he goes out there and he says what he says. Everybody's job should be on the line. They've been the biggest disappointment in the NFL this year. Telvin Smith's job, as he just pointed out, should be on the line. Jalen Ramsey's job should be on the line. They've traded Dante Fowler on that football team. They did just release Barry Church. So you have serious questions down there to the point where you got midday show hosts getting into it with Jason Locke and Fora over who's going to be the head coach next year and if it could be Tom Coughlin coming down from the booth. So this has just been one of the most, when you see the type of expectations that they've had, this isn't the 93 Oilers, but this has got to be one of the greatest disappointments in recent modern, in modern NFL history, doesn't it? There were people talking Super Bowl, and you can't just put this all at the shoulders of Blake Bortles in the quarterback position. I told you an hour ago, Cody Kessler is the equivalent of a dead-end job in the NFL. That's what it's like watching him. Clock in, clock out, wait for death. The other one with Blake Bortles, you knew the other shoe was going to drop eventually. So for Jacksonville to not go after certain quarterbacks, to not make a run after Teddy, to not find somebody who would put some sort of a decent Band-Aid on it, that's on Tom Coughlin, and on turn, it's on Doug Marone, and it's on turn, on, on turn of that, it's on that football team. Next. Cowboys went into Indy and got shut up for the first time in 15 years on Sunday, which is just remarkable in of itself, considering some of the quarterbacks they've had in mm. recent years. Mm. Cowboys had their chance in the red zone, though. Zeke Elliott got stuffed on a fourth and one inside the 10. They had a field goal that was blocked early on by the Colts. And now Dallas just looks up only one game above the Eagles after the Eagles win. Sunday night in the NFC West, uh, NFC East, excuse me. And after the game, Dak Prescott, visibly frustrated with the offense's performance, kind of voices frustration after the game about the lack of offense. Any competitor never wants to get shut out. I mean, the shutout definitely hurts. The shutout <laughs> you off, especially when you're down there and you're down there early in the red zone. You have opportunity to score and you don't. Um, so, yeah, 100%. We've got to find ways to, to capitalize and score in the red zone. Um, and. And that starts there. We do that, we don't get shut out. And I mean, that's from the first drive moving forward to the whole game. The way we didn't give ourselves a chance is me off, everybody off. Uh, so, I mean, we knew what was on the line. I mean, that's been on the line. Uh, it'll be on the line next week. So, I mean, we just got to go and get better uh, this week of practice. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. You have to bleep that word out, huh? Uh, well, I, I'll be honest. I just ripped it from um, another website. So ah, they and they bleeped, they bleeped it out. Okay, I'll take that. I like that type of fire in a quarterback. You need that type of guy. Hey, I've been hard on Dak Prescott. I think he's just been a little bit overrated, especially with some of the turnovers and stuff that he committed at the end of last year. But that's fire. I like that. I like that type of leader. He's been playing well. Yeah, you know what? They won five in a row. It's the NFL. You can have a brain fart or two. The Colts are hotter in hell. I know you went up to I know you went up to Indianapolis and you laid an egg, and you should be criticized for that. And overall, I do criticize you for that game. But when Dak Prescott stands out there and owns it like that, I'll take that every single time. 
I wouldn't be that upset if I'm a Cowboys fan. You can still keep pace over them. I know that Nick Foles went out there and, and won, and now we're looking at ghost stories there with the Eagles. But I, I like that type of fire in a quarterback. That's real leadership. I dig that. Is that sounding off? That's a fantastic ending if it is there, Hick. Oh, we have one more, but he can end it oh, there if you want. play another. No, play another. I like it. Continue. <laughs> and finally, the Bears defeated the Packers 24-17 on Sunday as the Chicago clinches the NFC North and are heading back to the playoffs for the first time since 2010. Mitch Trubisky, even though they won last week, struggled big time in their win over the Rams, and he had a big bounce-back effort this week, and he spoke about after the game what he's most proud of of this team so far this year. We've accomplished a lot, but I think I'm most proud of uh, just the type of guys we have in the locker room, the culture that we've kind of created, and uh, we know that nobody really believed in us on the outside in the preseason or even throughout the season, uh, but we, we knew what type of team we had, and we knew we just need to keep getting better each and every single week. And just the philosophy and the culture that Coach Nagy's brought, we just really start to believe in each other and play harder each and every single week and, and winning the close games. And, and then you look back and um, you kind of appreciate where you're at. But we, we still got a long ways to go. So we just want to keep building and keep getting better. And that's also the, the characteristics of this culture, where we just stay hungry, stay humble, and just keep going and stick together. I think Ryan Pace is my executive of the year. I love the Bears. I absolutely love the Bears and what they've done. And I, I love what Ryan Pace has done. Tom Telesco should get a look at it over at the Chargers. They've put together a fantastic roster over the last couple of years. And it's tough to do because they're getting no love from L.A. Everybody loves the Rams. Yeah, because they were there before. I understand that. But they're getting very little love from the L.A. faithful with the Chargers. So it's hard to do that job. I think that he deserves some love. I know that people in Cleveland want John Dorsey to be the executive of the year. I, I think that Ryan Pace should be the guy. To to make a strong move, like getting Mitchell Trubisky and trading up for him, and then you hear, oh, yeah, the 49ers were never – it was never a possibility. That takes major pills to still do that and to get back over the hump again the next year and to go and make a trade for Khalil Mack. What I love so much about Ryan Pace is that he understands he doesn't have the timetable other general managers thought they do. You hear these general managers, they get hired, and I got a three-year plan, I got a four-year plan, I got a five-year plan. On what planet do you ever get that amount of time? Ryan Pace knows that, even with a patient organization. So when I watch the Bears, I love what he's doing because he knows that he's got to win and win right now as soon as he possibly can. That's what I love from that clip. Coming up next, Baker Mayfield. He was put on this earth for Greg Williams. It's Ken Common on CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.